Welcome to the Solo BG Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative games. We also bring you news, audio unboxings, Kickstarter updates, and interviews with amazing personalities around the industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. And now, here's your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast, episode 104, number 104. And like always, my name is Derek, like you hear on in the introduction by the great Eric Summerer from the Dice Tower. That's right, because our podcast belongs to the Dice Tower, or is part of the Dice Tower Network, better say it. So uh, there you go. You have a plenty of podcasts that you can check out. Uh, on their website, the Dice Tower Network. Uh, you know, you can find us there, a Solo BG podcast, and you can find another amazing podcast. So many other ones that are made from fantastic people, a lot of people that put a lot of love onto this, just like I do. So uh, there you go. You should check them out. And, you know, like always, well, once again, I'm very happy to be here with you. It's been a while, right? It's been, I think, like three weeks since the last time that we record. Um, I'm recording uh, on today's. I always, I always tell you the date of my recording. Uh, this is the night of Monday, November 22 uh, or 22nd. Uh, we are recording from Indianapolis, Indiana on a cold and chilly night. But we're just finishing playing a game, actually. And before I tell you which game was it, um, let, let me tell you that you can follow us in our social media as well. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Solo BG Podcast. And if you want to shoot me an email, please do at solobgpodcast at gmail.com. Episode 104. Crazy, right? So when we look back 100 episodes, uh, on episode number four, we were talking about Street Masters, Street Masters designed by Bradley and Adam Sadler, publisher by, uh, published, I'm sorry, by Blacklist Games. And well, while I'm looking here to see, you know, uh, on the BGG, how it looks. Uh, it's still a game that I enjoy and it's still in my collection. Um, you know, I, I still play it once in a while. I haven't played it in, I mean, I played it once in a while, per se, you know, which is hard because uh, we get so many games from publishers, which I really appreciate it. Uh, and, you know, and I still getting so many games almost in a weekly basis, but it's still in my collection. And, you know, when I say I play it, you know, quite a bit is because I play it a few times per year. And it's still a game that I really enjoy. I do think that from the Sadler Brothers is probably their their masterpiece so far in a way that does the game from them that or from the modular deck system that I enjoy the most. Uh, you know, I also own Brook City. Um, and, and between both of them, which they're very, I guess, in a way similar and at the same time they're not. Uh, I think I, Street Master is definitely one my favorite. Um, you know, I, I played it recently actually on the app version as well, um, and it's still still fine. You know, I, I was I was in a in a flight recently, and it still plays fine. You know, it's it's okay. But I think that you know that's that's one of the biggest examples that you know on that game that the app doesn't replace as near as near. Uh, the excitement that you get from the from the board game, anyway, in my opinion, from the physical copy, uh, Street Masters. It's a game that I highly recommend still for all of you fantastic listeners, especially if you're solo gamers, because I think the sweet spot for that one it will be one or two uh, players. And actually, when we go to our BGG or uh, you know uh, or the boardgamegeek.com, we can see that the rank overall it's uh, on place 1,082 still, which a very decent place. Uh, it's uh, eight point two with 8.2 rating, 
uh, about 1,100 ratings over there. Uh, one to four players, and once again designed by the Salder Brothers and published by Blacklist Games. I still remember, you know, back on my first Gen Con, uh, when I purchased this game, actually. It was on Gen Con. No, it wasn't my first one, actually. It was on Gen Con 2017. And I was wondering, I remember seeing the booth from, from Brady and Adam. And I remember asking, you know, it's funny because, I mean, if they're listening, they will probably remember. Um, you know, it was funny because I was passing by. I passed by, I think, on Friday or Saturday. I didn't knew anything about the game other than brief memories of Kickstarter. Once again, I was still young on Kickstarter back then. Um, and I saw the game, and, and I think Brady demoed it, and I was like, well, I don't know. And then he made a good deal where, you know, I will give you for 110, you will get expansions and base game and extra dice and, and you know, <laughs> more stuff. And I remember, like, I passed by, and then I, I asked my friend Kelly, which actually I recorded that episode with my friend Kelly back then, episode number four. Um, and I was like, dude, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Kickstarter has good ratings and whatever. And he's like, well, be aware. You know, you never know with Kickstarter games. And he's right. Um, and I came back with my wife later, still, you know, um, trying to make informative decisions that I don't make anymore. Uh, and, you know, I decided to ask my wife, like, what do you think? It seems fun, right? She's like, well, I mean, if you're going to have fun, go for it. Uh, so I ended up getting a copy and I don't regret that. Oh, actually, uh, a little bit after that, my friend Caleb ended up getting a copy for himself because he really liked it. Uh, that year, I think it was 2000, no, in 2018, which were the kicks, uh, the podcasts, uh, where the podcast started, we we both named it, named the game our game of the year back then in 18. So definitely a game that is worth checking out still. Once again, we talk about it on episode four. Knock yourself out. Go ahead and listen about the, that episode. The quality of the audio probably was, um, you know, a little bit worse than what it is right now. Uh, but, I mean, still, I think it's an enjoyable episode. It's back then. It's crazy to sometimes listen to those episodes where, you know, everything was new and, you know, uh, I was still exploring in the in the board game universe. Anyway, right now the game that I have on my table is Final Girl, which is a game that has been creating a lot of fuss around, especially between the solo gamers. Um, you know, I went all in. I got the neoprene mats. I got the minis. Uh, you name it. All the all the um, I guess the um, different campaigns or different girls, different scenarios that that you can locations that you can play. They they are cool because the art is kind of like a VHS, you know, back to eighties, nineties slasher movies. So it's very cool. Uh, the components are nice. Uh, it's basically um, I won't say a reskin of hostage hostage negotiator because yes, it has some solid mechanics like hostage negotiator. But uh, I read somewhere in Facebook that you know this was probably you know like if you it feels like if the hostage negotiator was the trial uh, and then you get the game. And and you get a, a more solid game with with Final Girl, right? Because you have more mechanics. You 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 only don't have that mechanic of hand management where you're buying some some um, cards at the end of your round. But also you have you know the different locations that you're moving through, trying to rescue the the victims or or trying to make them survivors, right? And you also have the the main killer, you know, in this case where I'm playing with Hans the Butcher, uh, you know, as this, as the main uh, Jason Borges, I guess, from for this scenario. Um, as you're trying to, uh, you know, kind of like go around campy, uh, camp happy trails and try to kill him at the same time, which it will be very, very, very hard to accomplish. Then the bad guy has some uh, powers and abilities. Anyway, I want to talk about this game in a future episode more in depth and after I play a different, you know, locations and different bad guys with different final girls. Um, and, and I will tell you more about it. It's definitely a game that in my first playthrough is, is promising. 
Uh, I did enjoy it. I did lost <laughs> because it was very hard. But uh, um, definitely, I learned. You know, like like everything you learn, and 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 trying to to do better next time. Uh, but anyway, we have three great three great games. I I will say so far. So spoiler alert: they're they're good. Uh, we're gonna talk about three games tonight. That big disclosure. These three games they were handed to me completely free for review purposes back on Gen on GenCon 2021. So big shout out to our friends from Cheap Theory Games. They were awesome. They they hand me a copy for review purposes. So you know we're gonna talk about too many bones. So thank you so much to Cheap Theory Games. Also to my good friends from Plan B Games. They uh, hand us a copy of Equinox by Rainer Nitzia, uh, which is another game that we're gonna talk tonight. The purple version. I will call the purple version because it's purple, and they they handed a copy of the game with the neoprene mat, and it's it's just it's just um, something else that I will tell you in a little bit how it looks on the table. You can check actually while you're listening to this episode if you're able, of course, if you're not driving, you can check out these pictures on Instagram Solo VG Podcast. And also, I'm gonna talk about another game that it was given to me uh, also for free, and I'm talking about Palm Island. It's a Kickstarter game actually that is designed by John Metling. Uh, and it's published by Portal Dragon Games. So, um, once again, uh, I think this Kickstarter came out in 2018. Uh, big shout out to my friends over there because they... Um... We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. You know, um, they send copies to us. Well, they give us copies on Gen Con for review purposes. So those are the three games that we're going to talk about tonight. Of course, one of those three, it's a big, big game that I will try to simplify it as much as I can. I will tell you also my impressions, how they changed during the years from no owning the game to now owning the game and actually dedicate um, playtime as, as a solo player. Uh, and how, you know, sometimes you grew up and you get more mature in a way as a player. So it will be interesting to talk about it. Uh, if you happen to listen to my podcast that I do in Spanish, which is Solo BG Podcast en Español, well, you will notice that back then with my good friend Narciso, uh, about a few weeks ago, I talk about this game as well, Too Many Bones in Spanish. So um, you, my thoughts will be kind of like similar so I hope you don't get bored you know, by listening about this game in English and Spanish. So with that being said, let's start with the first game of the night, which of course is the big piece of the cake. Too Many Bones by Cheap Theory Games. Okay, so when we talk about Too Many Bones... Of course, we're talking about a big game, not only in size, but also, I mean, on this box size, but also what you're going to find inside. Um, I have to say a little bit of backstory on this game. 
Um, too many bones, definitely, definitely. We all know it's a big, big component, big box, uh, you know, a big promise for solo gamers and cooperative uh, gamers at the same time. It promised adventure, it promised campaign, uh, it promised uh, memories, it promised uh, fun, it promised challenge, it promised it promised some uh, dark times as well. So, anyway, that's 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 what you're gonna find on this game, right? That's what it, at least they promise you with the whole concept of too many bones. Uh, a little bit of backstory, like I mentioned, like I was saying, uh, I played this game for the first time. I think it was 2018. Uh, once again, uh, back then I was very excited about the solo games because it was new to me, uh, and one of the things that I enjoy enjoy from the solo games, and as, as I'm sure some of you amazing listeners that uh, have been following this podcast since the beginning, which I really appreciate, and some of you, my friends, content creators and, and none, uh, that you know me, you know this, that, um, you know, the games that I like are, of course, my Holy Grail Nemesis and, and, and um, This War of Mine, um, you know, very immersive, deep games where, where you can kind of have a similarity of like, okay, if you lose, well, you're done, right? And I guess all those aspects come from my favorite um, uh, times, from my favorite times, which it was like, of course, when I was a little kid and, and you know, back when I used to have my NES and my Sega Genesis. Uh, and if you remember back then, the games used to be very hard in a way that, you know, some of them will give you continues, but some of other ones... I mean, you will get killed and that's it. I mean, <laughs> you have to start over. I mean, you name it, Castlevania, Ninja Gai- Gaiden or Gaiden, however you want to call it. One of my favorite games back on back on the NES or Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, but it was so hard. So you die, you die, you start over. Um, so when I was playing solo board games at the beginning, I was on the same, on the same with the same concept, right? Uh, very, very, very strong and very um, solid in my mind where I wanted to play games that that they were make me feel something similar. Like, okay, I need to be careful with about which decisions I do. In that way, I mean, if I die, I guess like in Final Girl, right? You just die. Um, too Many Bones, my good friend Caleb showed it to me back then. He was very excited. He bought it uh, with uh, a few uh, Kickstarters, um, exclusives and stuff. Um, we played it, and I don't know what it was that I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, one of the things that I remember not enjoying as much was the fact that where when you were killed, well, you were just coming back, right? Like, okay, that's fine, no big deal. You 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 got killed, you start again. So back then, that for me was almost unacceptable. You know, <laughs> it was almost like a self punishment way that you know it's unacceptable now. If I'm, if 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 my character dies, I'm out of the game, which now, um, you know, that's. That's a very bad mechanic because if you're having a cooperative game night, well, you can be out just being a spectator for a couple of hours if that's the case. So, but back then that was, you know, my my way of thinking, especially for solo playthroughs or or cooperative playthroughs, because I wanted to I wanted to push the players that they were having that adventure with me to push them over the edge in a way that hey. You have to be commitment, you know, you have to show commitment, I'm sorry. You have to be in the game, you have to be very tense like me and very involved like me and immersed like me. And I have mentioned it before, like putting uh, soundtrack music, which I still do, uh, for my games and even sometimes even the lights of my game room and, you know, make it, make it the, making the atmosphere, uh, you know, appropriate for, for the type of game or theme of game. 
Uh, but then, as I kept growing as a board gamer, of course, you get more experience with different mechanics, different types of games. You you became more uh, mature in a way of, of a player. Also with the podcast, I'm not gonna lie, it's been helping because it's been pushing, of course, uh, or it was it's been forcing me in a good way to play more games, to buy more games, to try more games, in order to review them for all of you amazing listeners. So with that being said, my concept changed. And then about a year ago, I started to hear like, you know, many, many, many people recommending this game. You know, especially my good friend Mark Dainty, which I say hi all the way to England. Uh, he is a huge fan of Cloud Spire and Too Many Bones, and he was always praising the game so much. Uh, my friend Kelly, at the same time, he was still praising it. My other friend Richie here from Indianapolis, he also was praising the game, and among many, many people praising the game very, very, very high. Uh, so I wanted to buy the game, to be completely honest. Like, I wanted to buy the game to try it. Uh, there was at some point that, of course, in, I couldn't re- I couldn't arrange it, but I wanted to see if if Caleb, you know, can, um, uh, you know, basically lend me a copy of it, uh, which, I mean, of course, that never happens um, just because I never ask. But um, I know I, that was my intention. So anyway, um, I I wanted to buy it. I was very close to buy it. And then at Gen Con, I, it wasn't like I arranged an interview or a meeting with, with my friends of Chip Theory Games. I mean, it was because my friend Richie, usually demo games for them on Gen Con. So when I go and say hi to him, um, I think Adam was there. And um, he, I mean, from Chip Theory Games, and he offered it, you know, he's like, yeah, I mean, sure, man, you do a solo board game podcast. Here, let me, let me, let me hand you a copy and give it a try. And I was about to buy it, but he was so nice and so kind that he's like, just get a copy, enjoy it. Uh, and he gave me a copy of the game and also of one of the expansions, uh, that the new characters called Dart, which is super fun to play with. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to give you this background before we jump in. Now, we jump in in the main game, of course, Too Many Bones. And I already told you what do you expect with the game. You expect a big, 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 big um, product here. It's a big box, definitely. It, it, it's, it, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't fit, per se, unless you put it in a different position on your Calyx. But it definitely looks awesome if you put it on top of your Calyx because the, the cover is so great. You have one of the gear locks over there, um, you know, uh, which is one of my, my favorite gear locks. Uh, so you have uh, Pickett there on the main cover, and he's fighting with some monsters, right? And it's in big um, war, in big wars, and uh, with a nice shield, I guess, behind it. Too many bones, um, a dice uh, building RPG game. Uh, then on the side of the box, of course, you have the same concept, you know, some gear looks there, which is the creatures, kind of like, think about it like the Hobbit, right? Uh, or so some elves that, you, that you're that you playing with, you know, these creatures with, uh, short creatures with long uh, ears and, and with some cool gadgets with them, depending on, on which type of role you're playing with. Um, so the art is, is, is out of the top, like from the box is great. Um, you know, then you have some, as soon as you open the box on the sides of the box, you will have some quotes, for example, uh, Patches, which is another character, which is kind of the one that heals you, I guess the name uh, plays with the Patches. There's 97.465 chances or probability that this cave contains unsavory inhabitants. I suggest we avoid it all costs if we hope to keep our limbs intact. Psych. Looks as true the little run has run out ahead. Again. No more med kits for him. 
So so that's 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 nice. So as soon as you open the box, you get this quote from different characters, and it's kind of trying to take you already on the atmosphere of of what you're gonna find, right? Because ultimately, indeed, it's a role playing game. Okay, so as soon as you open the box, you're gonna find a lot of components, but everything is very nice, you know, and tidy and 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 very well uh, accommodated with trays, and you're gonna find a lot of stuff. You're gonna have a ba- the first thing you're gonna you're gonna find, of course, the rule book, which I always tell you the number of pages. Uh, give me one second. Let me see. I will go to the last page. You are getting 31 double-sided pages. Um, you know, and and once again, the designers are Adam Carson, Josh Carson. The artist is Anthony Letourneau. Uh, the writer is James Botelia, and graphic designers Josh Carson. Uh, then you have the art, the arts uh, art, arts artists from the dice, which is uh, T. Esselman and Copish and Lork, and the publisher, of course, Cheap Theory Games. Um, so as soon as you open the rulebook, of course, it's gonna take you into the to the history of the game, and it, it tells you a note from uh, George and Adam. Now, the components here we go, and this is where, where the thing starts to get big, right? Uh, you get a battle mat, which is neoprene, which I love it. I mean, one of the things that really really attracts me from the game is the component because if you like neoprene mats, my friend, here is a treat for you because Too Many Bones, it's all about neoprene mats and good quality components. So the first thing you're going to find, it's a battle mat, neoprene, very colorful, very nice. And then you're going to find another four battle mats, I mean four neoprene mats, one for each character with uh, spaces to place the dice on them. In that way, they can be very nice and tidy, like I mentioned. And you can start to unlock your uh, skill tree abilities and such, and so on and so forth. They are very, very nice quality and very nice printed quality. Uh, you have Boomer, which is this uh, female gear, look very pretty, pretty badass, right? Like throwing bombs and grenades. You have Patches, which is like the one that heals you. Uh, he's great too. You have Pickett, which is like the paladin in a way, you know? Um, he's the one that he doesn't, he doesn't uh, joke around when he's trying to plan a strategy. And then, of course, you have Tantrum, which Tantrum is like our little Gimli friend, you know? Uh, that uh, powerful dwarf with an axe that it just wants to kill everything that crosses his or her path. So then you have Tantrum there. Uh, you get the four gear lock mats. You get the four gear lock chips. So here you forget about minis. And that's one thing that you know I'm a sucker for minis. But here you forget about minis because everything will be conducted through chips. Kind of like poker chips but better quality because the quality of the chips we will talk about my impressions at the end. But you get the four care look uh, chips, which is my, each character, of course. The line, lane markers, which you're going to use at the time of, you know, spawning enemies. You have the day counter, which is another chip. Uh, 65 health chips. And you have the baddies, which includes a bunch, a bunch of chips. Uh, you have 28 for the one point, 20 for the five point, 20 for the seven point. Then you're going to find a lot of cards, which they will include a special encounter, general encounter, solo encounters for your solo players. You know, the bad guys, the tyrants. Uh, you get the loot cards, the uh, trope loot, um, the cover card, which is like a map. You know, to progress your, I mean, to cover your, uh, your, sto- your story track, I guess. And then the day counter card. You're also going to get 64 gear lock skill dice, top notch quality. Once again, on my impressions, I will tell you more about it, which I'm already telling you. Uh, some effect dice, which eight to be more exact, 16 stat dice, four gear lock initiative dice, four body initiative dice, 12 attack die, 18 def- the defense dice. 
uh, four lock picking dies because the the game has uh, a few mechanics that I found very interesting. The round counter die and just one d6. Why not? Uh, in a marker, you get the storage trays, the reference sheet for each player, uh, and the tyrants, which are the bad guys. Uh, you know, seven cards, seven chips, seven dice, because there are seven tyrants that you're gonna find inside the game. The game definitely it's complex in a way. Um, or not in a way, it's definitely complex because the objective of the game ultimately is that you know, trying you're trying to reach and defeat and defeat the whatever tyrant you select for for that task, uh, and just the setup requires some stuff, you know, for um, that you're gonna be doing uh, during the game. So I want to walk you through kind of like briefly and give you a general idea of how um, how too many bones plays in a way it's not my intention of course like i have mentioned with other big games to give you a tutorial uh and 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 teach you the game because of course for that well you probably want to go to look at a video and 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 you know and see it but more than that i want to talk to you about the game about how does it feel the flow of the game what are you doing what is your goal and things like that all right so basically on uh once you have the setup of course you're going to choose the tyrant that you're going to you're going to fight um, and then you're gonna choose your your character as well. Uh, now every character that you choose, it will have like a learning curve. That's for sure. And they tell you straight, very straightforward on the on the rule book that you're gonna probably lose your first couple of games, and that's fine. That's okay because it has that learning curve of you getting to know the character, getting to understand the character abilities, and getting to understand how you can develop uh, his or her skill uh, tree abilities in a better way that they will be more efficient to you at the time of trying to kill those those tyrants or those uh, baddies that they will be spawning. So um, each game, just very briefly, is going to be divided in different phases. Um, each day of your adventure will take you through four game phases, and once completed, a new day begins, and you will repeat you know, these phases until you reach the end of the game or you get defeated finally, okay? So the first thing you're going to do is that you're going to uh, rotate the day counter because you have only a certain number of days before you can go in and, and fight the tyrant. If you're not able to complete this by the determinated number of days by the event, by the, I'm sorry, by the story or campaign that you're playing, well, you're going to lose. Uh, then you're going to do an encounter phase, which you're going to uh, draw an encounter card and you're going to read it you know and and to the party or if you're playing solo well you're going to read it to yourself it has very cool narrative by the way it's very very well written and then you will have choices there and this is where the role-playing game aspect comes in play where you're going to have choices like okay i don't know just to make it up uh you know you go to the market and you talk to this lady that is asking for help um you know see what happens or uh you know there's some bad guys over there on the, around the corner of the on the alley so do you want to go and fight them because you hear a little girl screaming? Uh, do you want to want to help? Gonna go and help the girl and fight these guys? So whatever you decide, uh, then it's gonna have different outcomes, right? Different rewards that you can that you will be able to to try to get. Uh, one of the main ones will be progress points because you want to get those progress points in order to reach um, that. Uh, to get to that point where you can uh, fight the tyrant and try to defeat it, because before that it, it requires a certain number of, of, of progress points. Uh, so once you p you pick a choice, you attempt it, right? Uh, if successfully uh, and try to basically complete it, right? If successful, you know you go to the rewards phase. Uh, if unsuccessful, well you 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 don't go to the rewards phase, of course. 
and you go to the recovery phase. So those are the two next phases that we're going to talk about, just very briefly on how the game works, and then I will go into little details of the game. On the reward phase, well, you will gain all the rewards specific to your choice. Uh, you also get uh, general encounter rewards. If the rewards includes, uh, includes loot or trope loot, well, you'd want to draw them now. Uh, if they include training points, you're going to use them now. In that way, you can you know, try to improve your skills and get better dice. I will talk more about the dice in a little bit. Don't worry. Uh, and if the rewards include progress points, well, you're going to place those points. You're going to try to keep track uh, for those points under the Tyrant card. If you buy the Neoprene mat uh, for the map, which I highly recommend it, they have it on the Cheap Theory Games website, it's easier for you to keep track of those progress points, and it kind of shows you in a very nice way, in a more immersive way, the path that you're taking on your adventure. Um, in the recovery phase, well, you will be able, if you were not able to successful or, or you get to that point, well, you're going to trade loot uh, or, or, or with, within other characters. You're going to rest and recover to heal to full HP. Um, you're going to search for uh, for better loot by rolling dice. And you can scout the area, right? So you're going to roll, let's say, a, a D6 die. And on a 1, on a 3, you're going to reveal one uh, body, one point body. On a 4, on a 5, a 5 point body. On a 6, well, 20 point body. Uh, and once they're revealed, you may leave that body face up. In that way, you know uh, what is coming, right? So it's just this is just basically the flow of the game. Now, like I said, there's a lot to talk about, right? Because each character will have a stat area, uh, HP area, where you know you're gonna have also um, basically the health of the of each character. Now, each character will have four main stats. All right, I will have the HP, which is the one that I mentioned, dexterity, attack, and defense. Why I'm mentioning this because this is a huge mechanic of the game. So on your turn, uh, you know, if you are going into battle, you're gonna have this grid, this uh, uh, battle mat, where you're gonna be positioning the uh, the melee enemies that you're spawning according to, of course, the encounter that you choose and some ranged enemies that they will be spawning as well. Now, the dexterity will, will be the one that it will be helping you to, um, you know, to move around, to be adjacent, and also uh, to roll the attack. So if you have three dexterity, and let's say you have to, to move to be adjacent to the, um, uh, to the enemy, then the remaining two dexterity are going to be the ones that you're going to be using to 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 attack right of course you have an a stat of attack but the fact that you have five attack doesn't mean that you won't be able to roll those five because you also have to have the dexterity to use them and the same applies to the defense so that's very cool because uh that's a, a huge role playing mechanic uh every time that you increase your stat you're going to have a dice marker that will be increasing and you start with some basic right like for example boomer she starts with three plus whatever it's in the dice, which you're usually going to start the game with one. So three plus one, four, dexterity to three plus one, four, attack one plus one, two, uh, defense two plus one, um, three, right? Uh, then once you are able to figure out which, uh, how do you want to use your dexterity, you're going to roll your attack or your defense. And if you roll uh, uh, sword symbols, well, that means that you will be doing damage to the to that body, right? Now, this, the baddies also will have keyword abilities that they can make things worse at the beginning of the combat or at the end of the combat, or they can defend themselves or things like that. So you have to be aware of that. Also, if you roll bones, you're going to start to stack those bones on your mat. And then as you're getting more bones, they will go to an area called backup plan. And once you reach a certain amount of bones, you can do uh, cool things. For example, 
uh, you know, bomber has uh, some abilities like search again. Then she can throw she can throw a bomb. Uh, she can hide things like that. So every every character will be uh, very 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 uh, different, to be honest with you. And the bodies will also be different, and the tyrants will be different. Also, at the beginning of the battle phase, uh, there's gonna be different situations that are gonna play into who starts around, and that's where you have the initiative tra- the initiative track. Uh, and you're gonna roll the dice to see which numbers they 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 are, and then on that order, well, you're gonna accommodate your characters and the baddies. And once again, it has a very tactical aspect of uh, you know where the baddies get positioned and where you get positioned at the beginning of the battle in a way that you know when they activate, they're also gonna move towards you, trying to be close as they can as you, and try to fight you, especially the melee ones. The range, they won't care. Um, so it has a very tactic aspect that I really, really enjoy and really like. Uh, then after you, uh, that's basically very briefly how the battle works. And once again, if you are successful, well, you're going to get your rewards. And if you get a trove loot, uh, this is where the game has another mechanic that I actually uh, found it very interesting, which is a trove loot. So every trove loot card is going to have different... I guess uh, like uh, different symbols, like uh, gears that you need to uh, open, right? Like kind of like with a lockpick. So you're going to be rolling dice. And actually the action is called lockpicking. You're going to be rolling dice uh, in order to try to make the combination that you need in order to open that that uh, trove loot. In that way, you can get the treasure. So that's another mini game that you have during the game. And basically, that's what you're going to be doing as you're progressing during the game. As you keep moving moving forward during the game, and as you're trying to fulfill your adventure, and and most and more than that, trying to uh, play if you're playing a campaign or just a one shot scenario, which honestly, however you want to do it, it will be a, a unique for sure experience. And once again, this is very briefly of how it works. Uh, it has some cool mechanics that I will tell you in a little bit on my thoughts. Now, when we go to the BGG or, or, or BoardGameGeek.com and, and see about this game, the rank overall, it's on place number 40. Uh, thematic, it's on uh, number 10. And strategy, number 28. So the numbers are very high so far. Uh, so you can tell, you know, the promises of this game. This game was released in 2017. Uh, it has a rating of 8.4. Toss gobs of unique dice in epic adventure and roll to a final boss showdown. Because I didn't mention, but when the boss shows, I mean, it will spawn differently than the baddies. And then, uh, of course, uh, it has a health, uh, certain health points that you have to destroy it and certain abilities that he will be doing. And it will, it will change the game a little bit. So it's definitely a showdown. It's one to four players. Uh, the community says that it's best at three. I think it's even best at uh, better one to two, honestly. Uh, Playtime is uh, about a six to 120 minutes. I will say every time that I play it solo, it takes me about 120 minutes. H12 year plus, I don't believe that. It's more complex than that. Uh, and weight complexity is 3.8 out of five. Once again, the designers are Josh Carson, Adam Carson, jo- uh, and the publisher is Cheap Theory Games. Okay. So, um, once again, that was very briefly. My impressions of the game, all right? Uh, definitely something something that I was looking forward, once again, even if I tried for the first time a couple of years ago, and I didn't end up loving it. How to say this? Um, and let me, let me pull the mic towards me, and that way I can be more comfortable here on the chair. There you go. That feels nice. <laughs> okay. So, um, too many bones. 
Definitely a whole adventure. What do I like about the game? I like the components, definitely. The components are a big part. Uh, they make you feel immersive. They make you feel like you invest in a nice product. Uh, and the components are top-notch. You can you can tell that, you know, the the quality of the designers when they were trying to to uh, make this product, um, you know, you can tell the quality of the dice. Um, you can tell the quality of the neoprene mats, which I love. You can tell the, the um, quality on the narrative of the game, uh, on the adventure of the game. Um, you know, you can tell. You can definitely tell, tell on the dice, on the chip, on the chips, I'm sorry, um, how how good they are done. So that's, that's a big plus. The components, top-notch. I mean, the cards... Yes, they could be a little bit better, a little bit more brightish, uh, you know, to 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 my taste anyway. Uh, they're a little bit opaque, uh, but I mean, they they're good. They they look good still. Um, you know, they they're fine. Um, you know, the the mechanics of the game they're very solid mechanics. You find very solid mechanics as far as combat, very tactical. Um, you know, I love that part. I love the part of the encounters where you you can choose. Either doing this, doing that, you know, that definitely brings you into the RPG game. Um, so that's definitely a plus. I like the rewards of progress points that, you know, that that you that's the way that you advance in order to try to defeat the tyrant. Surprisingly, I like the part where you die because if you die, you just recover full, full HP. And I, we talk about we talk about this before we start to talk about the game, and I do enjoy that mechanic. I think if it was so, something like you die, you're dead, that's it, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> so so that changed my thoughts uh, after my first playthrough. Um, the the dice once again quality components. I really like the mechanic of where you roll your dice, especially for battle, uh, and you roll bones. Well, um, you know they are helpful to you. Uh, if the enemy roll bones, well, it just hurt them because it doesn't do anything for them. I also like, we, we didn't talk too much about it, but I also like how the uh, tree skills or, or the skill of tree or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, how do you develop your skills? I, I think that's great and it's very unique to each character. Um, I do like the the story, you know, the, the way that the combat, the, the boss showdown. I really like the mini game of the trove loot where you have a mini game inside the game trying to open that loot because you're hoping to expect something very useful that it will help you down the road to win the game. I like that. Um, you know, I think it plays fantastic cooperatively. I think it plays fantastic solo. So I will tell you that. Now, why do I what I don't like about the game? Um, there's there's a few things. You know, of course. I mean, this is not you know a, a perfect game but it's a very 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 good game that is close to be there um and and one thing that i don't like and this is me <laughs> uh i don't like that they didn't include you in the neoprene mat for the for the mat you know for the for the the neoprene mat for the map for the progress points in a way uh because when i when you go to their website it's like 20 dollars american dollars um so I mean, if this is a game that it's 110, I think they could probably add another five, ten bucks to the price and add that one there. It's just me. I don't know. I feel like, uh, you know, on production-wise, I mean, it would. I don't know if it would be too much cost to it uh, because it doesn't seem like it is. You know, when you buy them from the website, so 
I mean, I don't know. I I, I would appreciate it if in the retail version they would include it and just probably bring the price five, ten bucks a little bit higher. Uh, but it's still an expensive game, that's for sure. So I don't know. It's just a mixed feeling that I have there. I don't think it's something that I like. It's just a mixed feeling there. Um, another thing that it's kind of mixed. It's not a bad. It's the um, the learning curve. The learning curve of the game, because definitely it's a game that you have to be committed. It's not an easy game to learn. Um, it's once you learn it, it's easier to play. It's it's easy, right? But that learning curve of getting to know your character. You can play the game and you can just keep losing, but if you want to really start to play in a smart way and get to know your character, it will have that learning curve. That, once again, it's a little bit of mixed feeling because, yes, it feels nice, but at the same time, I don't enjoy as much as losing, 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 especially because the games tend to be long. Um, But I get it in a way why it is like that right it has that learning curve so that's why i think it's a mix there it's it's not a bad thing um but it's just a mix um there's uh the, of course the the difficulty or the weight complexity of the game which i think i think is definitely a 3.8 or 4 uh but it has that um that aspect that once you learn it once again once you learn the basics of the game you start to play and it flows very smoothly but it's that learning curve because, for example, if I'm playing with Boomer, um, you know, I will be playing with her two or three games to, you know, lose two or three games to try to uh, learn how to play properly with her. Then um, after that, if I want to play with other character, well, now same routine and probably it won't be that bad because now you know the game. But it will take you a while to that le- to use that learning curve properly. Now, on the bright side, they do... Um, give you a very nice reference sheet for each character, which it basically tells you, hey, this character is better on this, this, and that, and we will suggest for you to get better on these skills, and that way, you know, they try to make it easier for you. So those reference sheets are great. I love them. And when you go to the uh, the back of that face sheet, they explain you ba- pretty much the whole game, the whole turn, and what's going on and what's happening, and that way you have that reference over there. Overall, I think it's a game that... After I'm I'm happy that I got it. I was going to buy it again. I'm happy that I got it on Gen Con. And uh it's definitely a game that I was happy to play again because it showed me in a way how as a gamers we mature, we grow and we started to see things a little bit different with time. I feel like this is a game that is gonna stay in my collection for sure. For sure, like no doubt. And um you know, will be in my collection, I will keep it. I did enjoy it. I probably will play it many, many, many times with all the characters, with Dart, once again, the new expansion that they gave me. Um, very nice from them. The late pledge is coming from the new expansion that they released, by the way, uh, on Kickstarter not too long ago. Um, I think I think it's on, or either on GameFound, I think it was. Anyway, sorry about that. But it's, it's just there. You can look it at GameFound uh, or Kickstarter. I think it was GameFound, once again, that they released... Uh, not too long ago, the expansion, and you could get everything from the Chip Theory game. So check it out because I think you can do late pledge. Anyway, you can find most of the things on their website, chiptheorygames.com. Um, they do shipping to everywhere in the world, so that's cool. Um, you know, I think this game definitely, once again, stay in my collection. It's a big bang game. It's a beautiful game. Um, if I have to rate it, I don't have any problem of giving it a 4.5. It's an excellent game. You know, it's very, 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 very close to be a perfect game. 
uh, it's just those mixed aspects of it. But it's still a very, very solid 4.5. Uh, it's definitely going to be one of my favorite adventures as a solo gamer. I think the sweet spot is definitely one to two players. Uh, and if you ask me, do I, do I rather play this game solo or cooperative? I think I think I enjoy this one a little bit more solo. Um, because one player only. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't see people. I don't. I don't see how I could enjoy playing with two characters. Um, but one character only. That's what I meant. Uh, and I think this this game is staying in my collection. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, please, as you hear me talking about Nemesis a few b- weeks ago, uh, how excited I was. This one is also a game that I'm very excited and very happy that I got it. So huge thanks to my friends from Chip Theory Games, uh, because. I mean, I can recommend this game now to you, and and definitely, definitely worth trying. And of course, like always, if you can try the game before buying it, sure, that's the right way to do it. But I don't think you will have any regrets if you get into the game. It's a big game, it's a big investment, but I think it's worth it for those those types of of solo adventures. You know, games like these, like Robinson Crusoe, like Nemesis. I mean, they're the games that they're staying in my collection, and I don't I don't see in the future, not even after I play them and finish them. I don't see myself getting rid of these games probably forever. So um, that's that's Equinox. I mean, that's Equinox. That's too many bones. Next game, it's Equinox. So now that I'm talking about it and now that I'm mixing universes here, kind of like Spider-Verse too. Uh, so there's no universe between Equinox and too many bones. But let's talk about Equinox by Rainer Nitzia and let's do it right now. Fantastic creatures gather on the edge of a virgin forest to celebrate the equinox. In a friendly but challenging competition, these creatures confront each other using their magical powers. Their objective is to continue living through the tales and, ja- and fables that will tell uh, that they that that will tell of her their heroism. Uh, three of them will be remembered, while the other will while the others will sink into oblivion. Which of these creatures will become legendary? And we are talking, of course, about Equinox by uh, Plan B Games and designers by the great uh, Rainer Nitzia, which doesn't need any introduction because he is, of course, a recognized game designer that he has other other masterpieces around there. Equinox, it's a friendly game. It doesn't play solo. But let me tell you of Equinox. First of all, the box is a small box. It's not even 12 by 20. It's smaller than that. It it will fit not not like too many bones. It will fit perfectly uh, on your um, calyx uh, or on your shelves. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful box. You know, I got the purple version. It has a beautiful creature in the front, kind of like an elk or a deer, uh, which very colorful. Once again, with the word Equinox in white, Rainer Nitzia. And then uh, on the sides of the box, you get, of course, more details on the game, which, of course, is not a solo game like I mentioned to you. And this game, it has a different number of players. So you can do two to five players. It plays 40 to 60 minutes, and the age is 10 euro plus. Um, you know, before I keep talking, let's jump into BGG or uh, B, uh, BGG.com, BoardGameGeek, to see, um, you know, what do they say about the game? So apparently it's a re-implement from Colossal Arena, 
Uh, it has a 7.1 on BGG. It's very low, I think. Uh, I'm spoiling you already about my impressions. Uh, it was released in 2021, bid on Mythical Creatures, then helped them to survive to become legends. Uh, once again, the designer is Rainer Nitzia, the artist is Chris Quilliams, uh, and the publisher is Plan B Games. And it's a very affordable game. Actually, you can get this game online for about 25 American dollars. What is all about Equinox? Well, Equinox, or Equinox, however you want to call it, uh, it's a game where, as a players, we're going to be Having uh, we're gonna have in our hands some cards that we're gonna be playing during the game, but also it has a bidding aspect that it makes it very interesting. And if you like those bidding games, well, this is a game that you need to check out definitely. The components that you're gonna get on the game are, uh, you know, unique. At the same time, as as soon as you open the game, well, you're gonna find, uh, of course, the rulebook. Once again, let's let's check it out. It's a eight uh, double-sided pages rulebook which at the end it will give you an appendix of the powers of the creatures, which that's great. Uh, also, you're going to get a bunch of cards, a bunch of tarot cards that you're going to be using during the game. You're going to get uh, five baggies, you know, different colors. They're very nice. You're going to get the yellow, the blue, the serval, the purple. Uh, and then uh, with each one of those bags, you're going to get some pebbles, which they're very nice tones, very artistically painted. So... They are nice and they help their purpose. So what are you going to be doing on Equinox? I'm going to try to be, of course, as straightforward as I can, as streamlined as I can. And, um, I mean, it won't take as much as too many bones, of course. But on Equinox, what you're trying to do, once again, is bidding. So at the beginning of the game, you're going to choose 8 from the 14 monsters available. And if you have the neoprene mat for the setup, will solve you a lot. And if not, I will basically explain you what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to choose those eight monsters. You're going to have them in a top row. And then you're going to lay out some cards as well because you're going to be playing in different rounds. So you're going to be uh, laying down the cards all the way to round uh, six, I think. Uh, yeah, it's six rounds, if I don't remember incorrect, incorrectly. Um, five rounds. So once you have... Uh, those five rounds, uh, you know, because you're going to put them in rows below the first row where you choose the eight monsters, then you're also going to have cards of defeating cards or cloud cards, I guess. And that's it. You're ready to go. You're going to shuffle uh, the deck, the monsters that you choose for the game. You know, each each monster will have also like eight cards or ten cards each. Uh, you're going to shuffle them together, so you're going to make a big pile of monster cards, including some trees that they have abilities. Uh, the three cards, and also you have the the chameleon or chameleon, however you want to call it, um, card as well, which you can play as any creature. Uh, you're gonna shuffle that and deal eight to each player, and you're good to go. On the first round only, you can do an action which is called a secret bidding. Uh, and if you secretly bid, well, you're gonna place, uh, you're gonna grab one card from your hand, from one of the creatures that you have on your hand. You're gonna place it face down, and you're gonna put a pebble on it. And if that creature makes it to the end of the game, well, that will be five victory points. Now, why is important the bidding on this game? Because as the rounds keep moving, uh, the progress points that you're gonna get, or victory points that you're gonna get, they're gonna score you the low. So the game rewards you for bidding earlier in a way. Now there's different abilities that will allow you to move those pebbles, those pebbles. I'm sorry, which is the ones they used to to for bidding purposes. But ideally, is that you the earliest you bid, the more the more risky you are, of course. But the more um, uh, uh, progress points or victory points you're gonna get, or reputation points, I think they're called. Um, but anyway, 
you're going to be placing them. So how how the game plays on the first round, once again, you can do that action where you can secretly bid. If you like, you don't have to. And then after that, you're going to be playing a card. Uh, you're going to be playing a card on the on the bottom row uh, that is empty, available. Uh, you know, just the one that is below the monsters. That means row five, in a way. So you're going to place, let's say there's a fox. You're gonna If you want to play a fox card, you're going to play a fox card of the monster deck of course they have on your card your from your hand of eight i'm sorry you're gonna place it just below that monster uh and that means that that monster has a strain of eight all right then the next player will go the next player can either secretly bid also on one of the main bosses on the first round or they can put a pebble on any empty space below a monster that means that they will be bidding on that monster um, a little bit later or they can put up a, a pebble to bid on any reveal monster already after they bid, well, they place another card. At some point on the game, those eight monsters, those eight spaces will be filled, especially on the first row. And at that time, the round will end. The monster that has the lowest strength, because once again, the cards are numbered from 10 to 0, the monster that has the lowest strength, that will be the one that is defeated, and it's out of the game. Then on the next row, you're going to place a cloudy card where uh, that monster was supposed to be in that way. The players know that you know we cannot place any more cards uh, on that monster or, or or try to play with that monster. Uh, of course, at the end of each turn, you're gonna be redrawing up to eight cards, and if you have cards in your hand from the monster that it was previously defeated, you can discard up to three, uh, and you will be continue doing the same bidding and stuff. Now, the interesting part here is that at some point you will become the controller player of a monster. That will means that you have the the most progress points or victory points or reputation points, however you want to call it, on that monster. So, for example, let's say on the first round, I bid on one monster that allows me to switch cards, right? So that uh, monster is still alive by turn uh, by round two, but I'm the one that bid on it, and so because it was in the first round, it gave me four progress points or reputation points. So at that point, uh, I control that monster. So every time I play that monster card. You know, to in that space to increase the strength or decrease the strength, whatever I can trigger his ability. So that's also a, an interesting mechanic from Rainer Nitzia for this game, not only for beating early, but also to try to get the power of those monsters. Of course, someone else eventually in in, in uh, turn in round three or four can take over that power from me or take it away from me by beating on the same monster on future uh, rounds. In that way, they can get control over it. Um, there, every round, there there can only be one pebble on each monster. That means that only one player can beat on a particular monster. So that's the interesting mechanic as well. Uh, you know, you wanna you wanna try to use your bits earlier, but also sometimes it's okay to keep it just because you don't know which monsters are gonna be dying. Because once players, one players, once I'm sorry, once the players know on which monsters you are bidding, well, they would try, of course, to destroy that monster. In that way, it doesn't make it to the end. After the fifth round, at the end of the of the final row, we're still going to finish that round, and one monster is going to die, and one creature is going to die, and at the end, it's going to be only three uh, surviving creatures. And, you know, the, the players that bid on those creatures in the different rounds, well, they're going to score points according to the points that you're giving in each, each round by bidding, and at the end it's only going to be one winner, and that will be the champion of the uh, of the equinox, I guess, of the equinox, uh, along with the three creatures that were able to survive. And that's basically the whole game in, in, in a nutshell. You know, that's a briefly um, way of me telling you how it plays. Um, you know, as far as my thoughts on the game, 
Uh, this game, when it came out, it was praised as the, you know, similar to or 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 in the same category as the Century Golem games, of course, which those are fantastic games. I, I love them, especially Century Golem, just the, the first one. I love it a lot. It's one of my favorites. Um, you know, my family always enjoy it. Uh, my friends always enjoy it as well, and I can take it pretty much anywhere. I got the neoprene mats. Uh, so, so nice, so nice. Uh, for this game, I got the neoprene mats as well, once again, because I got it as a review purposes. This is not a game that you can play solo. It's fully competitive. Um and I think, and which I guess is this is one of the Solo with Friends episodes, right? Why not? Um, I think the game uh, serves its purpose, and it's really, it really tells me and keeps helping me to appreciate Rainer Nietzsche, because I think he's a great designer, and I think he did a great job with Equinox. I really like the bidding mechanic. That let's start with the review, right? I really like the bidding mechanics. Um, you know, I really like that you had to bid earlier in order to, you know, try to get more points. I like the secret uh, bidding mechanic that you only do on your first round. Uh, I also like the way on how the game evolves and keep playing during the game uh, as 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 the rows go by and the tension starts to create that where you really want to place your bids, otherwise, you know you won't be able to to get uh, too many points. So that's great too. I really like the aspect of the powers of the creatures. Like why you be, once you become the controller, you can have that power. So it also plays a lot because once again, I mean, you can you can try to go through that strategy as far as like, okay, I need to, to get control of this monster in that way. You know, probably it's not, probably I don't know if it's going to make it to the end, but at least for a couple of rounds, I can do this power that will help me to, you know, regain my, my pebbles and then accommodate them in a different ways or, or things like that. This is a game also that you don't want to be exposed to, especially if you uh, place your secret uh, bidding because if you get exposed now, once again, the players know where you're trying to be and they will try to kill that creature. Uh, so I think it's very nice. It also has an, a very nice aspect with the, with the chameleons or chameleons where once you place them, uh, you negate the ability for the following uh, turn for that creature. So even if a player plays a card for that creature and controls that creature, they won't be able to trigger the ability because you're basically blo- basically blocking it. So that's cool too. It has a few mechanics here and there. It has a lot of different ways of of uh, triggering different things through the uh, monster creature abilities. Uh, I really like the components. The components are great. looks beautiful. Please check it out. The pictures on Instagram, Solo BG Podcast. The, the mat is beautiful. The cards layout is beautiful. Um, and, and, you know, and I also like the appendix on the... Um, on the back of the rulebook, which is really helpful at the same time. Uh, things that I don't like from the game, when I was talking about the art, the creature cards that you use to play the game, they are full color, they're very nice, I love them. The monster cards, like the main ones that you place on the top row, uh, those are black and white, and I'm not a huge fan. I don't know what it is, that I don't, I don't think they look as nice as the rest of the components of the game. So that's that's something that I definitely didn't like. I hope you know they can come up with some promos or something like that. Uh, in that way, they can be. I, I'm not saying like full color, but probably one solid color or something like that. You know, I mean, any way you will be able to differentiate them where they're in the in the in the table. But I think black and white is just a little bit uh, like you're dragging um, the color, of course. That you know the absence of color. I'm sorry, in a very colorful game. So I, I think that's one of the things that I don't like. Uh, it's a it's an abstract game, I feel like. It's an abstract game, but it, it's cool. 
Um, I think it plays very well two players. I played with my wife a couple of nights ago. It was nice. I played it before three and four, and it plays very well. I haven't played it five, but three, four, two plays good. Um, another thing that I have here mixed uh, mixed feelings about it. It's about the beating part where um, once you, if you get control of a, of a creature very early in the game, it's very hard for somebody to take it away from you in future rounds. Um, so that's something that I also have a little bit of mixed feelings as well. I mean, I understand that the concept and the mechanics of the game is just that I wish there could be a little bit more um, flexibility there in that way a catch-up mechanic would it, would it be... Uh, I guess a little bit better implemented or, or, or in a different way implemented because definitely it's a game that um, if somebody doesn't play right, you can see a future, like three or three rounds before the game ends that most likely you won't be able to make it, you know, to win the game. So I wish you could have like a, like a catch up, a very nice and solid catch up mechanic. I think I will, I will love it. Um, but it's also a game that it forced you to, since the beginning to be paying close attention in order to win. Right. So I think in general it's a game uh, that I that I enjoy, that I recommend, that I like, that it will stay in my collection, uh, and uh, definitely this will be a solid uh, 3.5 for me. Uh, I don't think it's better than Century Golem. I actually think Century Golem is way better, but still it's a very good game. It's a solid game. Um, I recommend it. I guess um, you know you 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 cannot play solo, but if you have a a, a group of friends to play with, definitely you should you should check it out. I mean, I can see as I play the game a little bit more, it's probably going to grow a little bit more. Um, but I think for as far as right now, a solid 3.5, it's a good rating for the game. Once again, I recommend it. Um, you know, give it a try, especially because of the price. It's very affordable. So there you go. Uh, Equinox uh, for Plan B Games. And now, now let's jump into the last game of the show, which it's a game that, once again, you can only... Well, that's not true. You can play solo or two players, but it was designed to be, it's meant to be one player only, and that you can take literally anywhere without struggling, without any hassle, without anything. You don't even have to carry a box. You can take it with you. I did it on the on the airport, on the on my flight, uh, you know, on my on my work. I shouldn't say this. So you can take it anywhere and play, except when you're driving. But anyway, let's talk about our our final game of the show. You are in an island and you only have a deck of cards, but you will have a blast. And I'm talking about Palm Island. Palm Island is basically a game that it can fit on a wallet and it act, they actually include you a wallet to take it uh, with you. Uh, it's a very small box if you want to keep it on the box. Once again, the designer is John uh, Midling. Uh, and it's basically a game that it was meant to be for solo players. Uh, on BGG or BoardGameGeek.com, uh, let, let's take a look on what it says over there. 
Uh, it has a rating of 7.2. It was a game that it was released in 2018. Develop and gather resources to grow an island that fits in the palm of your hand. One or two players is best for one. Of course, it was meant to be for one. 15 minutes playtime. Uh, weight complexity 1.7 out of 5. Very easy game to learn. The designer is John Medling. Uh, the artist is John Medling at the same time. And publisher is Portal Dragon. Once again, our friends from Portal Dragon, they were very kind. And they give me a copy of this game in Gen Con. Palm, Palm Island, what are you going to do? Well, it's very easy to play. And I will walk you um, very briefly of the uh, what you're going to do on the game. So you're going to get your deck of cards that you're going to start them in a certain orientation that they instruct you in the rule book. And that's it. You're good to go. Uh, then, uh, of course, the first couple of cards, they will have free actions. Where you can, um, you know, you're gonna reveal, you're gonna draw basically the top card of your of your palm, and now you have the option of use that card or the one that it's on top of the deck. And if you wanna use it for a resource, well, you're gonna uh, turn the card in a 90 degree um, way, and now you're gonna have the resource on the side, right? And then that you're gonna place it, you know, at all the way at the end of the deck. Then you're going to have now two cards again, and you can keep accumulating resources until you get four cards. Once you get four cards, that's your, your maximum resource, which it could be, I don't know, two wood, two stone, two fish, whatever the resources are. Uh, then uh, at some point, you can spend those resources to uh, either uh, turn some cards to get more powerful resources or to actually uh, rotate the card 120 degrees. Uh, in that way, you can get those um, better, uh, start to get victory points on the corner of the card. And then you're going to keep going until you finish the deck. You will have a, a final card, which will be a round marker, okay? Once you finish that round, well, you're going to start over, but now you're going to, um, you know, move the round, um, turn the round card, so because the town round car also is going to be flipping and rotating in that way uh you know it will help you as a round trucker and you do the same keep using resource try to rotate those cards in that way you can get victory points at the end of the game of course you will have uh you will play over i think it's seven rounds that you're going to be playing through and once you're done with those uh rounds then you're going to have a score chart where you know, basically, you're going to evaluate your work. If you did 10 to 19, well, you need work. 20 to 29, you're respectable. 30 to 39, you're exceptional. 40 uh, or more, you're astounding. Now, you can play it cooperative at the same time, which basically, uh, two players, uh, the game includes you two decks, so two players are going to be playing, uh, you know, and you will be uh, adding those points together per player, right? Uh, and 1 to 9, you will need work. 10 to 19, respectable. 20 to 29, exceptional. 30 or plus outstanding. So there you go. You can do it um, in that way if you want to play it uh, two players. They also include, um, you know, some extra stuff like villager cards, which they will have unique, unique abilities. They will they can recruit villagers and, uh, you know, and, and do different things. You can play competitive, right? Uh, if you play competitive, well, you can do it in a way to see uh, who gets more points, right, with the two decks and just... Um, you know, try to see it there. Also, it has some competitive rules for competitive abilities and things like that. The rule book, it's 13 double, uh, double-sided double pages. Uh, very straightforward, you know, for the basic basic solo setup. Uh, they instruct you how to flip, rotate the cards, how to use store for resources, and things like that. Um, you will play this game in no more than 15 minutes and literally in the palm of your hand. I mean, you will use both hands, but it, it's true. I mean, you can play there. I was very skeptical about this game. Um, I didn't end up buying it. 
but I was lucky enough to get a review copy during a review copy during Gen Con, and I did enjoy it. And that's it. I mean, I cannot go any longer because, I mean, it's just a very simple game. Uh, my thoughts on the game: I think it works. I think it's cute. I think it's nice. Uh, the art: I think it's perfect. You know, I think it's great. The cards are great. Nice divisions between the cards. Very straightforward. On the type of research that you get in every card, the victory points, uh, what do you need to do it, where do you need to rotate it, the orientations of the card, flip it, turn it, very straightforward. I like how, uh, um, you know, as you playing the game, uh, as you are progressing and, and, and making spending resources to rotate and flip cards, those cards became more powerful with better resources, and then they help you to build more stuff, which at the end of the of the end of the the game will be, of course, more victory points for you. And it has some strategy, you know, where you're playing is like, okay, should I spend this this wood right now? Or should I save it? Let me see what I get on the next card, or probably another wood. Okay, let me save it. So now I have two woods. Okay, the next card it's a, it's a fish. Okay, now I have two woods and a fish. Okay, so I can rotate the next card that it says uh you know if i rotate it 90 degrees uh it will give it will be now giving me three points if i use uh two woods and one fish so, okay let me use this resource so when you when you use those resources you, they go uh to the orientation that they were now if you have a resource remember how you place them on the back of your deck if you reach the back of your deck that resource will expire and you it will be uh, basically rotated and go back to the back of the deck as well again. Um, so that's nice, you know. I really like the round marker aspect. That when once you reach the round marker, well, then basically you keep going, you just move the round round marker all the way back to the back of the deck, and you keep playing. Um, it's great. You know, I think it works perfectly. Um, uh, you know, I I don't I don't see any flaw in the game because it's a very straightforward small game, and it's hard because. I mean, what flaw can you find? Unless I think on these type of games, it's either it works or doesn't work. Um, I guess if if the the flaw or the negative would be probably the variations of cooperative and competitive. I mean, I mean, I don't care about those to be honest. I think uh, you don't need them. I think it's just an addition to to okay, yeah, here's a game that you can play with somebody else. No, you don't need to. It's it's definitely a solo game. Um, so I think that's one of the things that I wouldn't recommend. Uh, just playing it solo. I think I think you should get it because it's a very easy game to take everywhere uh once again they include your wallet that you put your your cards there and you take it with you and that's it i flew recently and i, w I brought it with me and i was playing it multiple times you know it was it was nice uh on the airport on, on anywhere and, and I, I have taken it to my office and i play it on my office too between meetings or stuff uh very very easy to play if you're craving to play a solo game really quick 10 15 minutes go for it uh you probably can be laying down on bed and just you know keep it on your on your on your nightstand and just grab it, play a little <laughs> quick game of, of Palm, Palm Island, and, and that's it. So I recommend it. I guess, you know, it's, it's hard because I don't even, I'm not even going to rate this game because, I mean, that would be crazy to me. Like, like, oh, this is a five out of five game because it's just a, such a small, straightforward game. Uh, but I will tell you this. I, I do recommend it. And if you're able to get a copy, I mean, just get a copy. I think you will enjoy it. It, it could be a nice Christmas gift too, you know to someone or it could be a game also that if you know someone that you would like to get into the solo board gaming i mean that could be like a very 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 um light introduction of like hey you know what i'm gonna show you again that you can play solo okay here is here's how you're playing whatever who knows i mean it, it might it might start to um you might light a spark in someone right uh so um so yeah it, it's it's a it's a fun game i recommend it i'm, I'm happy that i got it for review purposes on gen Con. Um, you know, and, and, and I recommend it definitely. It's, it's a great game, uh, for what it is. It's a, it's a solo small game and that those ones are usually good to, 
to have on our collections, right? Just just in case, just in case of an emergency. So that was uh, Palm Island, my friends. I really appreciate all the support that I get from all of you once again through all these episodes. Uh, sorry that it took me a while uh, between this recording and the last one. Um, this episode will be on air um, probably tonight or tomorrow night. Once again, we are recording on uh, November uh, 22, so 22nd, so probably by tomorrow, November 23rd. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, if you're in U.S., or if you celebrate Thanksgiving anywhere and you are in the world. Uh, I'm thankful for you and thankful for my adventures uh, in the table. Uh, I'm thankful for all the amazing listeners and uh, that you know that they support, that you support the show, better said. All of you that follow in, follow me in social media, I really am grateful. Uh, and I'm grateful to the designers and, and publishers for making fantastic um, products that ultimately there are board games and that we treasure, uh, you know, with all our energy and, 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 and heart. Uh, and I'm grateful for this hobby. I'm grateful for all the people that conform uh, this this hobby because I think we're good people. And I think that we're people that we love each other and we take care of each other. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for... Uh, be part of this of this beautiful community of solo board gamers and board gamers in general. So with that being said, I will see you on the next, well, I will hear you or you will hear me uh, on the next episode, uh, which hopefully will be like a week from now or, or definitely, definitely will be a, a couple episodes before Christmas. We will have our top um, cooperative, solo and cooperative games definitely before the end of the year. So stay tuned for that. I don't know yet if it's going to be by myself, if I'm going to have a guest, or if I'm going to have my good friends Caleb and Jonathan as usual. There's just some stuff that they've been going through, live, you know, stuff. But, I mean, definitely we will have that episode. And more reviews because I have a lot of games that uh, I have received from publishers that I need to do reviews on, and I need to tell you all about them. Uh, If you want to know about them before the the next episode, for sure, you know, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, SoloVG Podcast, because every time I play, I'm posting pictures there. Uh, Anyway, that was it. Thank you so much. Um, You know, like always, remember, and until next time, I will see you through the speaker, and like always, at the tabletop. Stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Derek. (laughs) Bye-bye.